what mistakes have you made that you like, gosh, you're still holding on to, you're still beating yourself up about, you're still like going to burn in hell fire and that God is not going to, you're going to be in hell with the devil. What, what mistake have you made? This is an invitation to forgive yourself. Welcome to Messaging for Impact, a podcast hosted by Queenette Wobido, founder of Profitable Coach Institute. Queenette guides you on growing your business and sales confidence. Join Queenette as she dives deep into the world of messaging mastery, helping you attract the right audience, enroll paying clients, and create a lasting impact with your message. Get ready to enroll the right fit clients effectively and efficiently while still having plenty of space in your calendar for family and fun. It's time to transform your messaging and generate clients on demand. And remember, you are an unstoppable queen. Welcome to day two, trust the frequency of manifestation. I am so happy to have this conversation with you. For those of you um, who are here for day one, we talked about so many amazing things. Um, I shared with you what trust means to me how my trust first got shattered and invited you to look at stories in your life when trust was shattered in your life and have you processed it, look at it, look at where you have to surrender a little bit more, where you have to release a little bit more. And I also invited you to look at your heart, look at your soul. Where is it leading you? What is it asking you for now? Is there a little voice that's saying, try again? Um, it's okay. We can do it. Like, right. So the invitation is for you to look at um, when in your life trust was shattered, when in your life um, you said, you know, what, it's too painful to be close to friends and too close is too painful or too risky to love. I shared uh, my story of how I almost walked away from Mr. Right. And, um, and so this is the work that we're here to do, right? If you're listening to me, you are a woman who already knows that there's a, there's a bigger calling to your life. There's an impact you're supposed to make with your story. And if you're listening to my story, one thing that I believe is that you probably have a lot of stories. You probably have so much to share, so much wisdom, so much things that you've gone through that the world needs to hear. You probably are one of those women that are going to make a generational impact. More people need to hear your voice. More people want to hear your stories. People want to know how did you overcome the things that you've overcome? And so if you're here, I'm happy that you're here. I'm honored to have you here. Um, I don't take your presence, your um, your presence and your time for granted. So I'm just happy to have this conversation, this conversation about how do we really manifest things? How do we create a life that is so delicious that it's really unbelievable? How do you, how do you go from a person that doesn't trust and is scared of love to having an 18 year marriage with three beautiful kids and all the things, how do you, how do you, how do you create that kind of love? How do you, um, I mean, like hear the voice and we're going to talk about that over the next couple of days, the difference between the voice of the ego and the voice of the soul. How do you, how do you know that that's really the voice of my spirit? How do you know to trust that voice? We're going to talk about all of those things over the next couple of days. Okay. So I'm so happy to have you here for day two. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, something that's equally as important in terms of creating the life that you want, creating the life that you desire. And so remember when I shared with you on day one that remember I went to school, I was a, I was working at a fast food restaurant and I was scraping up money to pay for college and things like that. And so I, I graduated from college. I got my bachelor's degree and everything, right? 
And then my I said, okay, you know, I, I went to my uncle and I, and I said to my uncle, you know, I want to, I want to do something. I want to do something. At that time I was working as a substitute teacher in the New York city public schools. And one day I was subbing at a school in, um, in the South Bronx, yes, technically South Bronx. And it was a school that was pretty, it was not nice. It was not good. Let me put it that way. Right. The graduation rates was really, really bad. I was covering, I think it was a math class. And, um, at that time I was like 20 something very young as well. And so I came to the class, to sub, they gave me the paperwork and I was handing the kids out the papers and things like that. And I handed all the kids the paper and, um, they looked at me, <laughs> I threw the paper on the floor. <laughs> so I went to sit at the teacher's desk so they can know, like, I'm the teacher, like I'm the sub I'm covering. They looked and they just shook their head. Like. I, I, I have no idea what she thinks she's going to do, right? So I saw that no math was going to get done that day. So I said, okay, well, Queenette, take yourself and go sit with them, right? So I got up and I went to sit next to the kids. I sat next to one Mexican young lady. I will never forget her. Um, And we were just talking and things like that. And she said to me, you know, I have to take care of my little brother and sister. So I said, what do you mean you have to take care of your little brother and sister? She goes, my mom and dad died and I'm now um, taking care of my my brother and my sister. So I'm like, I, I didn't get it. Like, I just didn't understand. So my uncle at the time was a social worker. So I, after that, I went to him. I said, brother, I don't understand what I call him brother. He's my uncle. Um, I said, I don't understand what this lady, what this girl means. She said that her mother and her father died and that she had to raise her, her brother and her sister. And, and he was like, um, I forgot what he said to me. I don't remember the details of what he said, but he kind of explained like, you know, like he's seen so much, you know, he's been in social work at that time for like 15 and probably like even more years. Like, so he'd seen the gamut of the things, the cases and things like that. So I asked him, you know, how do I help the, how do I help them? Right. And at that time I was trying to decide, like, should I be a counselor or a social worker? And my uncle said to me, Queenette, go to school and do social and do counseling, go to school. So you can be in the school system because social work, what I'm doing right now, it is hard. You have to go to people's houses. You have to knock. Sometimes you need the police with you. Like this, this is hard. So he essentially talked me out of social work. He said, go to do, do school counseling essentially. So I was like, okay, that made sense. Cause my heart was like, oh my God, I want to help. I want to help. Oh my God. Like somebody has to do something. So I, I applied for the graduate program at um, the CUNY schools. And, um, I applied and so now they have to bring us in for a group interview. Right. So I applied, they say, okay, come in for a group interview. So I sat and, um, with a group of other counselors who applied for the graduate program and we were going to do a group interview. So the, the professor that was leading it, she's the department chair. And so she's leading this um, group interview and we're going back and forth. We're talking about different things and all these things. So it's going so well. And I'm like, oh my God, are they going to find out I don't qualify to be here? <laughs> At that time, right? Graduate school felt so big. It's one thing, right? Because I always felt like when I was going to college, I'm like, I'm going to college and they're going to discover I have no business here, right? And then I went to college. I'm like chugging along, like one step in front of the other, la, 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 doing my thing finally graduate, but graduate school is when they know that you either know what you're doing or you don't. And so they're going to find me out in, in turn. I was like, I'm not going to qualify. You know, like they're going to find out. I don't know as much. 
long story short, not long story short, but went through the process, everything, and I was accepted into the program. I was accepted into this fabulous program at the time. It was a, it was like the evolution of school counseling. I was the first class, right, to have this kind of new way of of of, of school counseling. Um, uh, what is it called? Like this new school counseling method where we're working on emotional, social, we're working on academic, we're working on all the things. So we're looking at kids holistically. So I was part of that first group that we're gonna like you know champion this and and take it. And take it all the way through. So at that time, our program was still being looked at to be approved. Remember, you didn't get the approval yet. So I applied. I got it. I was so happy. <clears throat> so I went to my uncle. I was like, bro, you won't believe this. You won't believe this. I applied for the graduate program and I got in. And I got in. And he said, you know, Juju is my evil name. I've told you I'm Nigerian. So Queenette is like the American name that you guys know. So he goes, would you, um, I, I think you should do nursing, right? Because the school and schools, right? They only have like one counselor, maybe two counselors. So if you do nursing, it will be a safer bet because they need a lot of nurses right now. I think you should do nursing. What? I didn't say that. You can't talk to your uncle like that. I was like, what? In my head, I'm like, what? I was so confused. What, what, are, what are you saying? I didn't tell him that. I was thinking this. You can't talk to your elders that way. I, I, just, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I still... I said, okay, you know, whatever. I forgot what I said. I, I think I blanked that off that. I don't know what we said after that. I just don't know. I, all I heard was, I think you should do nursing. So I was like, okay. Like, I didn't say okay to him. We're just like, okay. We ended the call and I was so confused. And now I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? Like, did I make a mistake? Like, did I make a mistake? What if I don't get a job? Like, what if I don't get a job? Oh my God, what if I don't get a job? So I started thinking, the thoughts kept spinning, 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 spinning over and over again. Oh my God, what if I don't get a job? What if I don't get a job? Oh my God. So I was like, oh man, this is not good. Oh my God. Oh my God. I have to, I have to just, let me do nursing. So I said, let me just do nursing first. And once I, I'm, I'm a nurse, then I can eventually go back and I can do school counseling, which is really what I want to do. So I said, okay. So, but here's the thing, right? Remember the group interview, right? It was so close, so intimate, right? I didn't want to call the professor, the chairman of the, the department chair and tell her like, you know, I don't want to do counseling anymore, that I'm going to do nursing. So I didn't tell them. Like I didn't call, I didn't say anything. I went on the computer and I dropped all my graduate school classes for school counseling. And I registered for pre-nursing classes. At that time, pre-nursing classes were anatomy, physiology, and chemistry. So I had to do those. I think those were missing from my thing. So I had to do those first before I could actually enter the actual nursing program. So the only class that was available at that time, because it was so late, I had to do it on the weekend. So I was in chemistry. One was in the weekend and one was not. Abnorm abnormal and abnormal. I can't even say the word. Abnormal and abnormal physiology was during the day chemistry in the weekend. So I remember one Saturday, I was sitting in class, right? And this beautiful professor, 
she was teaching chemistry and she was just like, you know, the per- per- periodic table. She was like, and the this and the iron and the this and oh, she was just like all in it and, and just loving it. It's like, you know, what are you doing here? This lady is like on cloud nine, cloud 10. She's like all in it, talking about atoms and this and that. I'm like, what are you doing here? The week started, I went to anatomy and physiology, sat in the class. This man is talking about the muscles and the tendons and all this and showing graphs of the human body and all this stuff. Like, I just, I don't care. I don't care. So I was so mad. I was like, I don't care about this stuff. I don't care. It makes no sense. Like this thing lights people up. Like I don't get it. I knew I messed up. Like I knew I messed up. Cause I'm like, these people are excited. There is not one ounce of Queen that's excited listening to this stuff. I, I don't want to say I hate it. There is nothing about my nothing, nothing exciting about it at all. I was like, oh my God, I messed up. I messed up. I messed up. I got to apply for graduate school and counseling again. I have to apply again. But first, I have to go and talk to the department chair because this is a small department. I have to talk to her because she saw my classes were dropped. I have to talk to her about applying for the next semester. I did not want to go and talk to that lady. No parts of me wanted to talk to that lady. I was so embarrassed because I didn't have the nerve, the respect, the guts to look her in her face and say, I'm dropping these classes for pre-nursing classes. I didn't even have, I didn't, I just, I didn't, I couldn't do it. I just didn't do it. Not that I couldn't, I didn't. Because I just didn't know what to say. I was so embarrassed over, or, or, or like, I, I just didn't know what to say. That this sounds ridiculous to perform so well in the group process, they say, yes, you are, you register for your class and just before the semester starts, you drop it. I was like, when I just go talk to this lady because what's the end game? The, like, this is what I, I said, go talk to this lady because right now from where I'm sitting, it's more painful to be in this class. I'm going to listen to chemistry for the next couple of years. Listen to anatomy and look at, and this is what, this is it. Go talk to the lady. I said, okay. Amen. So her office is on the ground floor. I think it was like B19 or 20 or something like that. And I was like, okay. So I started walking in the hallway, walking, walking, walking towards her door. And I'm walking slowly. And I'm telling you, this felt like slow motion, slow motion. I'm walking, I'm walking to have a conversation that I don't want to have, but I have no choice. And so I'm walking, I'm like 15, 16, 17, 18. As I'm getting closer, it literally feels like, like so slow. And I get to her door. And there's a secretary that sits right in front. And then her door is like right there to, off to the side. So I look in to ask the secretary. All I heard was, quit that. She said, quit that. I said, hi, Dr. DeVoe. Her name. Hi, Dr. DeVoe. 
how are you? And I started telling her about everything. I was like, and I am so sorry. And I dropped her and I'm just talking. And she's like, Queenette, stop. She's like, stop. She goes, forgive yourself. She goes, forgive yourself. And I looked at her. I, I looked. I was like, no. Like, she's faking. I looked. She looked me in my eyes. She said, Queenette, forgive yourself. And I, I, took, I took it in. I took a deep breath. I was like, forgive myself. Like, I'm like, in my head, forgive, like, forgive myself. Like, it never occurred to me that I was on the table to be forgiven. Like, I could just forgive myself. Like, just no pain, no drama, no more, no lashes. I don't have to pay the price. No redemption, no grace, no begging. She said, Queenette, forgive yourself. And meant every word of it. That was the first time, that was the first time in my life that I ever felt like I could just be forgiven for a mistake I had made. Growing up in the church, you're going to hell. You're going to die. The devil's going to beat you. You're going to burn in hell fire. So when this lady is like, forgive yourself, just like that, like right now, forgive yourself. And then she goes, forgive yourself. We will be happy to have you. We loved you in the group interview. It was so good. We'll be happy to have you next semester. Who are you talking to? I didn't say that. Oh, it gets to be that easy? That was the first time in my life because everything has been hard. Everything I shared with you, everything has been hard. It's been hard, hard hard. Just getting people to do the basics for me have been hard. And here's this lady. I don't even know her like that. Met her once in a group interview. She said, Queenette, forgive yourself. I didn't have to do anything for it. It was okay. And that I could just register for the next semester because they loved my group interview. It gets to be that easy. New things unlocked. New things unlocked inside of me. That was the first time I think I started to have compassion for people. And I learned the spirit of grace. Like, I learned the spirit of grace. And one thing I also learned was that transformation does not take long. Transformation, healing, overcoming things, forgiveness does not take long. The question is, are you willing are you willing? Are you willing? Can you forgive yourself? Think about the mistake that you've made, right? Think of the mistakes that you've made. Think of one, right? Think about a mistake that you've made that you just like, gosh, man, I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm a better person than that now. I know better now. Even I probably knew better then and I still didn't do better. What mistakes have you made that you like? Gosh, you're still holding on to. 
you're still beating yourself up about. You're still like gonna burn in hellfire, and that God is not gonna. You're gonna be in hell with the devil. What what mistake have you made? This is an invitation to forgive yourself. Like forgive yourself. Like like release it. Let it go immediately. Like literally, you can let it go now. You can let it go today, this instant, that you are allowed to forgive yourself without anything else that needs to happen, without ever talking to anybody, without ever apologizing, without doing anything other than forgiving yourself for making a mistake. I invite you in your journal to write down, right? What mistakes have you made? Right? What mistakes are you still holding on to so tightly that you are you you just you shame yourself for it? You make yourself feel bad for it. You still it's almost like you've put yourself in jail and you won't let yourself out of jail. No matter how bad you feel, no matter how ashamed you feel, no matter how much you really wish you can take it back, you're still holding yourself for it. You're still holding yourself back for it. Still judging, still shaming, still feeling that you are unworthy to have a generational impact because of the mistake that you've made. You're feeling unworthy to show up on social media and share your message because of the mistake that you've made. You're feeling unworthy and undeserving of a loving relationship because of the mistake that you've made. You're feeling unworthy and undeserving of the life, of the life, the beautiful, delicious life filled with feminine flow where you will be held on all levels, love, relationship, kids, all the things you desire, where you can have it but you don't feel worthy because of the mistakes that you've made. So you feel like, no, that life is for those people. That life is for people that are like this. But for me, no. Where are you saying that to yourself? Journal that, write that down and begin to shift it. You can shift things immediately. You just have to decide and declare that, oh my God, I forgive myself. That, let me tell you, was the most amazing gift. And it was it took seconds, seconds. She said, excuse me, forgive yourself. And I was like, whoa, she's serious. That's how, this is how fast it was. Mm, I don't know about that. Forgive yourself more in case I didn't hear it. So I'm breathing it in like, so she's serious. Oh my God, I can just forgive myself. We will be happy to have you. We loved you. We will be happy to have you. So this didn't, this, this mistake didn't shame me. This mistake didn't disqualify me. This mistake didn't compromise my gift. This mistake didn't compromise my genius. This mistake didn't say I was less than. The fact that I didn't come back to say I have to drop it didn't make me a bad person. That I'm still qualified? Come on. What else do you want from me? That was one of the best gifts I had ever received at that time. And it was just like, Queenette, you can forgive yourself. Part of the issue with trust, right, is that I had to look at her twice to, to, to decide if I could trust her words, if I could decide that I was worthy of that kind of forgiveness that was so fast. 
because just growing up, it just didn't match. You have to pay the price and this and that. It just felt so heavy. And this, the way I, the way I grew up in, in the church is so different from how I experienced God. I hold the spirit right now. Oh my God, it's so light and easy and free. And oh my God, be you, do you, speak for me. All I get so free from the stuff that I learned. That I know for sure. That I know for sure. That's not how, that's not, that's not it. I'm inviting you right here, right now, write it down. What is that you have to let yourself go? What is it that you have to forgive yourself for? You keep beating yourself up. You keep holding back your impact, holding back the things that you have to say, feeling like you're disqualified. You can never be disqualified from your gift. You can never be disqualified for the things that you were called to do. Your calling, my calling, your calling has nothing to do with any mistake that you've made. Your soul surpasses all of that stuff. All the things that you've made, the mistakes that you've made is so you can sit one day and share this story with someone and you can help them free themselves. Everything you've been through is by design. Everything you've been through is by design. There is no, there are no mistakes. Even the ones you call mistakes are by design. It's there to grow you, right? And so you can pay it for one day. So doesn't mean you have to go and share particular stories with people. I just wanted to share this story with you forgive yourself, forgive yourself. Okay. And let me look and see if there's anything I left out here. Um, so one of the most important work that we can do is to look at ourselves. I encourage you to go to a mirror, right? Do this work in a mirror with the mirror. I encourage you to go to a mirror look yourself in the eyes, the same way she looked at me and looked into my soul and saw beyond, beyond like, please, because you didn't call us and tell us that's it. That's what's going to make you this. Please, you're big. I see your light is brighter than that. I see your light is brighter than that. So you get to go to the mirror or in your journal, wherever it's comfortable. And you get to allow yourself to, to like, even if you have to cry, it's okay. Even if you have to write, whatever you have to do to release yourself from the shackles of unforgiveness, release yourself from the shackles of things that's holding you dark, like holding you down and holding you in the dark, making you feel unworthy. Let that go. You got work to do. You got work to do. You have a generational impact to make. It is not okay to sit in unforgiveness and make yourself feel unworthy to speak, right? That That's a, that's, that's a fear. That's a fear. Imagine if you continue to feel unworthy to speak because of your mistake, then your message doesn't get across. Imagine, right? Let's just play this out. That she didn't say Queenette. Imagine that wasn't. The, imagine that wasn't the conversation. And so here I am feeling like hmm, I'm ashamed. I'm not. I'm not good. And I didn't. Yeah, I didn't go over there. Like I'm so bad. How come you didn't call them? And that's what I said to myself. You know, you could. I said that. I beat myself up already about that. And so who am I? You know what? Just forget it. Run away from the graduate program. Never show your face there. Some of you have done this. You run away and you've never showed your face in a particular place. You avoid a particular things. Find out what that is. What are you avoiding? Who are you avoiding? Where are you avoiding? What, who, and where are you avoiding? Right? Because you're too ashamed to go back and 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 have a conversation, or you're too afraid, or you're too ashamed to say, you know what, I don't deserve that anymore. You're taking yourself out of a a, a place, a purpose place. You're taking yourself out of your assignment because of a mistake. We, that's not how it works. That is not. You don't have to be beating yourself up. Mm -mm. No, you just get to say. Give myself. I forgive myself. 
that is all the things. That is all that's required. Okay. So that is it for day two. You have work to do. Okay. The work I want you to do is to look inside, right? As we heal this, this, this for un unforgiveness and heal the unworthiness and all the things that holds us back, you're going to see that you begin to trust. So now your trust is going to be rising more and more and more, letting go of the things, all the things that are holding you back are suppressing your ability to trust. So now guess what? Guess what happens now? Because I know I can forgive myself. I'm more likely to take more chances. How many chances have, uh, do you not take? How many things do you not take? How many chances do you skip? You're like, no, no, that's okay. How much, how much safety do you always feel like you have to be in? Oh, I don't want to do that. What if it doesn't work? Oh, I don't want to try that. What if it doesn't work? Oh, I have kids right now. I can't do that right now. Oh, my husband, I can't do that right now. Oh, I'm tired. I can't do that right now. Everything you can't do right now. That is just not something that, that, that is, we, sometimes we think that, that, that we have legitimate excuses. We have legitimate reasons. Oh, I have children. Oh, that has to be legit. Oh, I have this. That has to be legit. Oh, I have a job. That's not, those are not legitimate excuses for not operating in your purpose, right? So what are some of the things, right? That you've, you've shunned away from, you've hidden from, you said, nah, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. You've not trusted yourself for, you don't, when you, the, the thing about unforgiveness, right? When you don't forgive yourself for making a mistake is that you rob yourself of future opportunities. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know how to make more money right now. Or how do, um, how do I launch my business? How do I do this? How do I do that? And it's like, no, you're robbing yourself of all the opportunities that are available because of things like this, because of unforgiveness. So even if the opportunity was right in front of you, excuse me, you won't, you won't see it. You won't think that that's for you because you're like, no, you look for it to be harder. You look for it to be difficult. You look for a wall to scale. You look for having to pay the price and go through hell and back just to qualify for it. And she said to me, you would love to have me next semester. I'll put the thing in, go online, and add the classes for next semester. That's the invitation to you. My invitation is to you. My invitation to you is what have you put on the back burner? What have you said no to? What have you delayed? What have you declined that you're being invited to, that you're being called to in such a time as this? Okay, that is it for day two. Re rewind, listen to all the questions and journal, journal them. Get clear, get really intimate with yourself. The work that we're doing is you and the mirror. It's you and your and your and your um previous self. It's you wanting to meet your higher self. This is the work that clears the pathway for you to be the person, right? That experiences all the things that you desire. All the dreams that you have are just. All the dreams that you have are possible. They already exist. And we'll talk about that in a couple of, um, in the next couple of um, um, sessions, right? All of them already exist. The question is, are you the woman, right? Are you the woman who can experience it? Are you the woman who can hold it? Do you have the capacity, the emotional capacity to hold what is in your vision? It's not that it can't come to you because it already exists. Can you hold it? Or I messed up. I made a mistake. So I know I can't do this again. This is what we're built. This is what we're releasing and letting go of. Okay. That is it. I will see you um, for day number three. Thank you for being here. Have a fabulous day. Take care.
Thank you for joining us on another insightful episode of Messaging for Impact with your host, Queenette Wobodo. We hope you've gained valuable insights and inspiration to fuel your entrepreneurial journey. If you found today's episode helpful, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback fuels our mission to empower women entrepreneurs like you. Remember, your message has the power to change lives, starting with your own. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll continue to explore the strategies and mindset shifts that will help you leave a lasting legacy through your business. Until then, keep believing in your limitless potential and keep sharing your message for impact.